It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. And welcome into the podcast for this Monday. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor with Chad Brendel from Bearcat Journal and, of course, Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. we got a lot to talk about, Kentucky, North Carolina from uh, Saturday, Kentucky and Louisville coming up on Wednesday. We'll talk about Xavier's win over Wake Forest. They've got Eastern Washington next, and that'll allow us to touch on NKU as well because they just played Eastern Washington. We'll talk about UC scoring over 100 points. Well, well over 100 points. Well over 100 points. Got Zach Tober a bunch of minutes and a bunch of points in that game. Jesus H, Brendel. They score 120 and you go out for victory cigars? What the hell? Something like that, yeah. Wow, I don't even want to know where that's going to go. I mean, is this serious? You hear that? I do. I, I woke up yesterday and didn't have a voice. The Godfather. I mean, if you get that excited over 127 points against Fairly Ridiculous, <laughs> that, that'll happen. <laughs> hey, he's apparently excited. There's so no it's question. Only, it's only 117. Yeah. We've got, uh, we've got a lot to talk about. We'll talk uh, some Ohio State a little bit because it's got our favorite team in the land that played them this past weekend, UCLA. I got a, I got a hot take on that. You got a hot take coming. You got you, got you at the end of the, the thing. I have no idea what direction you're going to go. You're holding something back on me, which I can tell, <laughs> I, I which is okay. But let's start with Saturday. Kentucky, North Carolina, possibly the greatest regular season game ever because both teams scored 100 points. Is that right? No, is that right? It's because they both played at an incredibly high level offensively for 40 minutes. I'm sorry, is there another end of the floor? Skinny. What? Like, is there another end of the floor? How can you honestly watch what we saw in that game and be like, this sucks? I hate this. This isn't good basketball. Because the coach in me can't stand not pe- people not guarding. That, and I, I can't the, stand it. And that's the issue. This is this is. The I problem told you. With I, told, I can't say this on the air, but I told you in the text message. You, I blanking hate people scoring points. You I did say it. that. Let, let me let me set this up. I'm in the media room at Xavier, hoping that the storm will chill gonna, out for a second. Listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you up front here. People, you can laugh at me all you want, and these two are going to take me to task, and I'm good with it. I got a cup of coffee in my left hand. And I'm just ready to roll. Here we go. <laughs> go ahead. Go on. I'm in the media room at Xavier, just hoping the storms in December will chill out for a second, so the DirecTV will stay long enough for the. <laughs> Watch the second half of this game. Was it going out? Oh, yeah. Cutting out every five seconds. That's not a shot at Xavier. That's direct TV, mind you. Um, And then I'm getting – I'm literally reading Twitter of everyone saying this is great basketball. I'm tweeting the same thing. Then my phone dings. Look up. Skinny, I bleeping hate this stuff. No one playing any defense. Skinny just rolling both of these teams. Wants nothing to do with this game. What is wrong? How do you watch that and honestly think that? Because I'm going to flip the script on you. Everybody equates great basketball with great offense. I don't. I, I, I just don't. Okay, let me ask you this. Does great can you guard me as well as you can possibly guard me? And if I make a tough shot, it still goes in, and there's nothing you can do about I that. Is see, that a fact? I, I saw a lot of open. No, I'm, I'm oh just my. asking you: Is that a fact? That that is a fact. Okay, so if great well, offense well, well, always be, beats great well, defense, doesn't always it always does? Because no matter what, if I'm going to make a shot, there's nothing you can do about it. No matter how good of defense you played, if we're both at the top of our game, Golden State have great offense last year. Yeah, how'd that work out for them? They didn't shoot the ball as well as they should have in the final three games. Like, that I mean, that's Great offense right. dries up sometimes. Right. But my point is, when you are playing at your highest level and you are making those shots, what's wrong? Like, what? why do you not want to be a good offensive team? Why well, would you rather be poor offensive so you can be good defensive? Well, I would say that doesn't make sense. There's a couple things involved there. Two, if I watched De'Aaron Fox make one more drive to the bucket and nobody step in to help, I would have honestly kicked somebody's Skinny. ass. Here's, it bothered me to no end to watch the deal. that. Who's quick enough to slide over in front of De'Aaron Fox? Two guys who just stood there and let him go. I mean, nobody even made an effort, Rick. Nobody made an effort. Same thing on Joel Berry. Just, you want to go to the rim, go to the rim. You know what? I will will say this. Kentucky's ball screen defense is a concern. It's terrible. The ball screen defense is a concern. And and because here's what teams have figured out. You go right at Derek Willis or Gabriel, whoever's playing the four, every play. You put them in a ball screen, and they don't really know what they're – Gabriel doesn't know what he's doing, and Willis just can't physically do it. He just can't physically do it. I think my favorite defensive moment of the day was when I believe De'Aaron Fox did go make a layup, another one because North Carolina let him go make another layup. And then Dominique Hawkins is the deepest guy back standing at the top of the key and decides, hey, you guys can go on by me in transition, and then I'll foul you from behind and get an intentional foul. I thought that was really good defense that was well played I w- <laughs> well played you know what? i'm gonna stand and watch a teammate make a layup and then i won't get back because it was a good looking layup so i'm gonna stand at the top of the key wait a minute is that a guy in blue going by there he goes damn it <laughs> There's, you know what's funny is i was gonna say uk fans probably wanted to tune in and hear about a great game but i'm wrong uk fans are probably like him they're probably excited that's right no 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 you're right there's a there was a lot of it out there I, a lot of it out I know. there he's probably more like the uk fans than we are 
It's it's unbelievable. Now, I will now, say. Now, let me let me get Malik Monk was silly. I, good. And I will say, yeah, I, I, that one I can't. He was silly good. He, we talked about this last night. I don't know how how family friendly I could make this for the for the podcast. But do you remember? Well, in, whatever you say is going to be garbled anyway. So go, go, keep, keep going. No one can hear you. Do you remember in Pulp Fiction Samuel L. Jackson's wallet? I do. I do. When you play like that, like Samuel L. Jackson should show up in the locker room and give you one of those leather bad mother wallets. Yep. Like, and, and instead, all they get is Drake. Yeah, exactly. Even worse. <laughs> right. Instead, but, they get Drake. In the wouldn't room. that be great? Like you, if you if you do that, if you score forty seven points on North Carolina, you get that. You get the BMF wallet. That's awesome. Leather. That's a good back pocket. Price. We said this going back to the Michigan State game earlier in the year when you had Miles Bridges and all those freshmen on the court. You when put you put a big time. stage yep. out there, and it's no surprise that that guy shows up, and it's gonna it's gonna continue this way. I mean, we've seen it over and over again. And it's why I like this Kentucky team going into the postseason because you need guys like that that have just massive. Testes in, in the postseason, and that kid's always I, now, hey, he was playing like he was at the Riverview Park Activity Center, just putting and, up buckets. And by the way, we we were talking about Player of the Year last last week. He's we in didn't, it. We well, didn't, vaulted we didn't, him into it. That, we didn't mention him, but he is absolutely that, in the conversation. That, 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 after that did this. Him And De'Aaron Fox did nothing to hurt his case. By the way, no. he was excellent. No, well. look at his stat line; it was really, really good. So it I mean, just wasn't forty-seven points good. That becomes the problem for this team. They're sort of like Duke, where you've got two guys yeah. who are legitimately in that conversation, and they're going to have to cannibalize each other's stats at some point. I just I'm Rick. I, tell you, I just don't think in March you you can win you can win deep with that style. Well, just basically going, you know what? In okay, March, okay. Rick, in, Rick, in, their, in their two best games this in year, March, they, they you gave, can't win with guards. You can win with guards. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. Finish what no, you're going to say. I don't want to interrupt. In, in you. the two toughest games they played this year, the two best teams they played, they gave up 198 points. Okay, Skinny. Who was in the uh, finals last year? Nova and. And Carolina. And what do they both do? And they both do score. They both okay. Buy. And I who was in the finals that. the year before I that? I will give you that part. Off the top of my head, I don't even remember to be quite frank. Okay. Wisconsin Was- and Kentucky, right? Or Wisconsin no. and Duke? No, because Wisconsin beat Kentucky. Okay. What did both of those teams do? Number one and number three they in the country it. in offense they, efficiency. They who was in the finals the year before that? I'm talking that? about this style. This way of just honestly. This is that style. Not, no, not not quite like that. Not like that, Rick. They, they, they didn't guard. Give it skinny. Just because this game was played a certain way doesn't mean they can't And so was the UCLA game. That's 190 points. They, in UCLA is going to average 90 points. We've a talked game. about they're going to average about 95. Probably. Yeah, they play that style. Like it, it doesn't mean UK. Won't, it, it doesn't 80, mean when Virginia slows it down and plays at 65 possessions, UK won't be able to beat them too. That doesn't mean that. Well, so, how many possessions were in the? Did, 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 it was like 83. yeah, you look, Yeah, you said you were going to look it up. I know that 83 possessions. There's going to be points. There is going to be points. No, no. Granted, you're right. They, they were scoring at like 1.2 points per possession, which I mean, is really, what which the, is high. I think everybody had. I, I, one t- time, I saw the graph. What was it? 13 seconds apiece on offensive possession, something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's what's wrong with that? Because nobody guarded. Skinny. Nobody guarded. Point guards go to the rim five straight trips. Nobody's guarding anybody. And this is why, when you have elite athletes and great offensive players, I say don't hold the ball for a minute because the best shot you're going to get is. Within the first ten seconds of the shot clock, if you've got good players, and how many teams have that though? That's that, that's why you get not enough. But you, you play as how fast many as you have that. You play as fast as your talent will allow you to play, and you can also you're also allowed to guard. I don't mind playing fast. I'm not I'm not anti playing. Trust me, if you get it off the glass and you go punch punch to a dunk, great. I'm all for that because guess what? That's an easy bucket. I'm good for easy buckets. But on the other end, can you sit down and guard somebody? So what is your argument right there? North well, Carolina and UK aren't going to be good and aren't going to be in the Sweet 16 or Final Four or Elite Eight. Or what, what's your on, argument on, on talent alone, they will be. On, on sheer talent. But not everybody has that talent. <laughs> and, and, so, so what's your point? I guess UK, I, UK right, has better players, so they should think, play a style no, that everyone else plays? Here's, I, here's what I guess I take it from, from, what, from a high school coach's perspective. Unfortunately, what I'm going to have is a bunch of kids now jacking up stuff like that, thinking they're, what they're did they, Malik What did Mom. they jack up? They took good shots. They took great oh, shots. Now they're a bad influence on his high school kids. No, I, I, trust me. I, I have to deal with every practice. I have to deal with every practice. Skinny, what do you want them to do? Can anybody guard? Can anybody stop Somebody going to the rim. You know what I'm you telling you, if Aaron Fox had gone to the rim on me a second time, I would have told one of my kids, he goes through the wall. You, you pull, He's not making a layup. He's not going to make a straight line layup on me again. Cool. cool. And you know what would have happened? He would have scoop lobbed it and Bam Adebayo would have dunked it on your fat little kid that, that, that was trying to foul the Aaron Fox. How about that stupid two-on-one play, though, too? The lob, the lob that went out of bounds. That was brilliant. It, it, it was, was brilliant. brilliant. I might have missed it. I mean, it, no. Uh, it was Monk to who? It was Monk to Gabriel. Gabriel and Gabriel yeah. just – it was the right play. The guy from Carolina committed to Monk on a two-on-one, 
and Monk just softly lobbed it up, and, and Gabriel dropped. went up, and it hit it right off his hands and went out of bounds. I feel like I'm listening to Sean Miller yell at me in a huddle right now when he speaks. <laughs> <laughs> or Dikembe Mutombo. If you're sh- could you just switch oh, through your shirt right you, now? Can you do like a Dikembe Mutombo right now? Who wants to sex the Matumbo? That is perfect. That's it. That is the only Matumbo line that should ever be uttered. That period. was it. That was beautiful. That, Who yes. wants to sex the Matumbo? You, you realize you have to mark that and save that, correct? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we will. Okay. Uh, we'll right. bring that. That'll be audio. No, for next I week. just. I was sick of watching okay. guards go to the rim with nobody stopping it. Great. You wanted better defense. What is your point about these teams? Like you, you keep trashing these teams for this. I'm not what trashing your, the teams. What is your thought about them after watching that? Like you think they're not good because of that? I think what? they're both great offensive teams. I think they're outstanding. It's absurd. Absurdly good. Malik Monk is stupid good. De'Aaron Fox is stupid good. Okay, so other than you saw bad defense in that game, which doesn't matter because they're more talented than everyone else, what what do you think about these teams? I think they're two of the top five teams in the country. Okay. Which is what I thought going in. <laughs> okay. It didn't change my mind. Oh, and, and by the way, Justin Jackson was uh was pretty damn good too. These teams need to play defense, but they'll probably win a national title. <laughs> they suck! Well, again, I need to be proven that, too. Thanks, Skip. Appreciate that. I just, honestly, I, I, I know I'm old school on this. I realize it. Trust me. I'm, I don't I'm, think I'm, it's old school. I'm, I just I'm being, think I'm being honest about it. I just it. don't even get your point. Like, I don't get what you're saying. You, you wanted them to play better defense. Fine. I think that would have been difficult against the guys that were in that game. I don't. Right, see, that's where I guess I differ. I, I just differ with, with watching guys who don't help, who don't move, who don't do anything other than maybe occasionally block a shot. Good for you. You're 6'11". You should block a shot. Proud of you. Very proud of you. How about somebody else slide in and take a charge and man up? How about him trying to sneak in that Malik Monk scoring 47 points was somehow bad for his freshman team? Exactly. That, that was a wild Because I'm going to I mean, I mean, some kid just jacking up shots. I, I can that see it coming. Wild. Jacking up shots? They were good looks. No, I, he wasn't inefficient. He, he did shoot an air ball once. Okay. I'm just I, saying. I, I, that's one of his four misses, <laughs> or six misses on the entire Correct. day. It wasn't air ball. It was a checker. Cut him. It was a Celtics. No, he Brad was, Stevens, do you see that? Don't, don't, re, don't, he, uh, he was great. Don't I, draft I, him. I cannot say he was not great. He was great. There's and no those two shots at the end were just put him on the table. And by the way, Joel Barry, you were right about that. I mean, him and him and ball screens just changes everything. Well, like, and, he makes and, and so if, many. I would plays. say this: if they did not have him, they would have been out. twenty games. 20 oh, it wasn't even make. That was the point I was making on yeah, there because he yeah. ate their defense alive yeah. with ball screens. W- without him on the floor, Carolina would have got killed. Here would but be, here, with him on the floor, completely different team. Here would be my only other thing with UK. Um, uh, we mentioned the ball screen defense, which is a concern because at the beginning of this year, I thought this team was elite defensively. Like they I was just talking, had one weak spot. I was talking about them with the Anthony Davis and Michael. Kid yeah. Crest team defensively, and they're clearly not that. Right. They are clearly well, not and, that. And Bam is not the rim protector that we thought he he might be out of the gate. So they're, they're as you talked about, they're terrible at the four and defending the pick and roll. Right. And they don't have Anthony Davis back there to clean up the stakes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and neither has any other team in the history of basketball. So that's I mean that's obviously oh, something yeah. tough to make up for. Which but I mean any about. shot blocker. Right. We, we, we talked about that. My here's my other yeah, thing with UK. Ewing was pretty good at that. Elijah was pretty good at that. The, not you even remotely in the same stratosphere as Anthony Davis. Go look up the stats. Ooh, he did more in one year than any of them did in their entire careers. Different different game back then too. Okay, okay. Here Just we saying. go. Back back then it was tough. We played defense. Um. Uh. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Kentucky. Scores 103 points. Mm-hmm. Malik Monk scores 47 points. You almost lost that game in the final minute. Like, is there yeah. some concern if you're UK that you played as well yes, as you could? can't guard! <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> Next topic. UK Louisville Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> well, R- Rick will play some defense for you. You can watch that. Yes, Rick, Rick will R- play Rick for the cards. Um, I might just do that, actually. <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind. It's going to be hard on me, though, in I mean, my household. That, big, that, that's a tough one in my house. I mean, you're a big cow guy, so I can see it would yeah. be tough to... Yeah. I'm a Kentucky grand and not a cow guy. Just, he's not my cup of tea, but... One of the best defensive coaches of all time. God love him. Yep. Skit, by the way, just for everyone listening, to understand how rational Skinny is, he wants to do away with the shot clock and go back to playing four corners. I absolutely do. I mean, I do. You're the worst. I do. You're the absolute worst. I, I Again, if I... Why had, do you hate basketball so much? <laughs> See, I don't. I love basketball. You, I love it. You want to know why the shot clock, like why James Naismith didn't have the shot clock in the game when he invented well, it? Well, the only thing I guess is electricity wasn't really high back then. There's just a little bit of it. Well, that no, actually had to get the ball no, out of the peach no, basket. That's too. See, that, well, that's what I was going to say. He, they had to go retrieve the ball from the peach basket, so he never would have thought losers and nerds like you would ever want to slow the game down more than it was already was. They were like, shit, we got the ball down. Let's finally play. We're not going to hold the ball and pass it around for a minute before we try but, to score. But so few 
few teams in the country have elite guys that can, can handle a shot clock. What's that got to do with North Carolina and Kentucky? No, 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 they no. Do. no, he, no I, but he's asking about the shot clock itself. I'm talking about the shot clock itself. I'm sorry for bringing it up. I know you did. You shouldn't have brought Son it up. That's I'm on gonna, me. I'm going to go in crazy, man. I'll take the L for that. I can edit this out. Yeah, no, you can't. You probably will. <laughs> probably will. Let's take no, because so few teams do. So you end up getting a bunch of bad teams taking bad shots because they have to take one within 30 seconds. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. Then teach better offense. If it's you not about teaching better offense. Yes, it is. If you you can't get a good shot in the first 30 seconds. You don't deserve to score. That's a fact. You're terrible. You're a terrible coach if you can't score in 30 seconds. That's a fact. You don't run anything good. If you can't score in 30 seconds, you're terrible. My voice hurts. That is garbage. Damn. That's a fact. No, it's not a fact. That's a fact. If you can't score in 30 seconds, you you don't have anything. You run good enough, and your players aren't talented enough to score. You don't deserve it. They may not be talented enough to score. Go play at the friggin' blacktop league at Silver Lake. Okay. There you go. The Kevin Bundy League. They don't have a shot clock there. No, I know that don't. for a fact. They don't, but you won't be able to hold the ball for a minute either because you'll be in a because you'll be in the fence. fence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, and I'm good with that, as you and know. Me too. That's where I p- grew up playing. Yeah, blacktop nice. league. Oh yeah, I used to play. Well, no, not that. the blacktop league, but at Silver Lake. So did I. That's where you developed his toughness to complain about Big East refs. That's right. Yep. That's why I developed my toughness. Put people in the fences, Rick. Right. Oh, yeah. how many are we up to? Three, but I think I've been missing them I here. I don't. We got a little issue here with the counter. That's all right. Oh. All right, we'll move along. We'll we'll, we'll agree to disagree. I, I um, very quickly though, because we're on Kentucky, Kentucky and Louisville. What what can Louisville do to make this make this a close game? Nothing. Slow it down and play defense. <laughs> Slow it down and play defense. <laughs> Thank you. Ding that one just because. Oh, it won't let you ding it. That's yeah, the problem. Yeah. It won't let you ding it. Do they have a chance though to stay stay around? Yeah. I, I think it'll be – I mean, this this rivalry is so good. Like, I mean, people want to get all worked up about all the best ri- – like, there's no – not even Duke and yeah, North but, Carolina hate each other nearly yeah, as good, much as these. Cal owns Patino. He does. He does. And UK will win again. UK will win this game. But I, lo- I love this game. Like, to me, when we talked about the Crosstown shit on my podcast last week, so I'm in rivalry mode right now right. a little bit. But to me, this rivalry is by far the best in sports. I mean, it's not even cl- like no yeah. other fan bases. Auburn, Alabama is pretty. They, 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 they literally, they, they, they hate, hate, hate on top of sub hate each other. Yeah, but there's just so much hillbilly nonsense that goes with that. But like, and not that Kentucky and Louisville yeah, doesn't no, have the same. You're talking thing. about Kentucky, Louisville. But like, they, they, they kill trees, and I'm just about nature. I don't, I don't want to do anything with the Alabama Auburn. They kill trees over that rivalry, and I'm not into that. <laughs> But it's 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 pretty intense. Yeah, sure. it's it's. I love this week. It's going to be a good game. It is. But I, UK will win. I, I think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think really? Louisville's that good. A little other planet on a Wednesday. I mean, I know the calendar because of the because of the holidays. Obviously, it's probably the, the best time you can you can fit it in. But just a little odd to be playing I, on a Wednesday. I just I'm not a big fan of this Louisville team. I think they're a year away. Oh, um, Rick's talked about him being a year away. I mean, he's openly talked about he thinks this team's a year away. So if if that's the case, I mean, there is a potential then for a blowout just because of talent. I don't really like them either, but I, that's why I think this one will be closer than expected because that's how this rivalry goes. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of see that. But Louisville will definitely try to slow it down. There's, there's no doubt. I mean, they usually play fast, but they'll slow it down in this one. It's going to be interesting because they, they haven't been playing that zone much this year. They've been playing man. And if they try to go man against Kentucky, they are in a world of trouble. And they really can't press them either. No. 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 So Is, it, is this Cal's best backcourt? <laughs> Wall and Bledsoe both start in the NBA. Fox and Monk are both kind of starting. Yeah, this is. I'm. I don't. Monk's I, certainly a better. Sh- I mean, Bledsoe was never a shooter. No. So I mean, Monk's a far better shooter. Like I hate this term because what's it mean? But talent-wise, like off of raw talent, I don't think there's two I take above those guys. If you give me the choice before they enter college, you know. I agree, and I, mean, I had that take before. The yeah. se- coming into the season, I thought this was going to be his best backcourt. Right, like stats wise, I'd have to look at like you know what all some of the some of the other guys did, but off of pure talent of who's the best guys, like I don't, I can't think of two I would have taken over those. And two. those two play really well together. And that's coming off a really good backcourt year last year with Ulysses and Murray. I yeah. mean, so yeah, those two. No, it's not. But the, it does, the but, wall and but tell you the one's probably the closest. One year after having a backcourt like that, though, I mean, a really really good backcourt, you then wind up with this backcourt. Yeah, last year they had an awesome college backcourt, Correct. and this. Yeah. Year they, they have, have an, an NBA, NBA backcourt. Yeah. An awesome NBA, NBA backcourt. backcourt. <laughs> Absolutely. An all-star NBA backcourt. All right, we'll move along to uh, the first Xavier. 69-65 winners over Wake Forest. What was your uh, takeaway from that game, Rick? Well, I think the thing with Xavier is y- you keep going along. And Did anybody t- guard that game? 
How, Did elite I, players I, make shots in that game? I can't remember. I was too busy watching the UK-North Carolina game in the media room. Um, but I think the thing with Xavier is you, you watch how they keep going along, and it was, it's was it been, you know, like last week I'm saying, I, I think you have to feel pretty positive because they, they're not playing well. They keep finding a way to win these games, except for the two on the road, obviously. And then it happens again. I mean, they just they can't make shots. Edmund Sumner has six turnovers, which is inexcusable. They miss free throws down the stretch. They All these different things. And it's never like you can't put your finger on exactly what it is. You can't just go, like, say, oh, they can't guard ball screens. Or, oh, big men are really giving them trouble. Because it's like, yeah, big men gave them trouble early. But now Rashid Gaston's playing really well. And their post defense was great in that game. And it's always something different for this team. And yet they still continue to struggle. So I think now at this at some point it starts to become – are they going to figure it out? Like, is is that possible? So I think that there are the concerns with each passing game continue to grow. And so for me, it is changing my opinion a little bit about, like, you can still think this team has upside, but at some point you get into conference play already, you get 12 games in the season, and you a little bit are who you are. You're right. You have but, to start proving something. But you also have something that could change the dynamic of this, too. you got a guy coming off the waiver wire. Miles Davis is, is going to be coming back, and I, I think you look for him to come back by the Villanova game is what we've been saying on the board. Um how much can he change? It's it's unfair to just assume in his, in his position, not having played to this point of season, coming off. Wait, he hasn't been practicing with the team. He hasn't been working out with the team. So hopefully he's in shape. He's a fifth year guy that's been working out on his own. But like Brian Snow said on our podcast, as a player, you stop running when you get tired. When you're working out with the team, you stop running when the coach tells you you're allowed yeah, to stop. I mean, it's a so big it's, difference. It it's, is a big difference. It's just hard to get yourself in the same it, type it, of conditioning on your own that you would have. Yeah, because he's not hitting the ground running. Let's face that. I mean, he's not hitting the ground being a 30-minute guy. No, and but, but like, do they need him to do that? What they need is someone that can make shots, someone that knows how to play, someone that, well, that, that if, can... Well, if, if our answer right now, plug him in for Malcolm Bernard. Close games. And that's what you would do. Or, or even at, at, you know, like at times, like Quentin Gooden will play less minutes and he'll play alongside Edmund Sumner in the backcourt, or JP will play a few less minutes. So he's going to take minutes from a few different guys. But I think it's more the situations like the end of the game where they've been a little erratic and they've been struggling to make free throws. Last year, he's the guy you right. throw the ball into, right. you let him get fouled, he makes a good decision, he makes his free throws in the game over he was their closer last year so he makes a difference but it's also unfair to just say oh miles is going to come back one he's going to be ready to go and two he's automatically going to make all these things fine no, like it's unfair to say that about him no but it beats the alternative of not having him come back i mean and and, and it, he changes in theory he should change the dynamic positively and maybe he changes absolutely everything maybe all you're missing is him going two or three for five from three each right. game and having an extra shooter to space things and move the ball a little better because he's a tremendous passer and that's literally the only thing throwing this offense off because when you think about it they lost remy abel who was a shooter last year but really didn't offer any playmaking ability or IQ on the offensive end at all. Malcolm Bernard has, exceeds him in that production as a shooting as well or better than Remy shot at this point last year. And then you lost James Farr and Jalen Reynolds, who don't you weren't guys you played through, weren't shooters, so why can't this team shoot all of a sudden right. is the real weird thing. So I do think maybe Miles does make a difference in that. And then also, at some point, percentages you have to think will start playing out. Trayvon will start making shots. JP will start making shots. And I don't know about Edmund. He's just not really a shooter at this point. But those other two guys, you think they start making shots, and then maybe the offense starts clicking more. There's upside for the team. But, again, with each passing game, especially this one against Wake, certainly the concerns continue to grow. It was uh, not as aesthetically pleasing as North Carolina, Kentucky. It was not. But teams played defense, right, Skinny? That's right. They did play defense. The other thing I will say about the Xavier team is it's really easy to keep getting discouraged because it's like, well, they're not blowing anybody out. They don't have these really pretty games. 9-2. They're nine and two, and they've also played the third toughest schedule in the country. And these te- like people are people are oh, it's okay that they beat Utah in a close game, but now this Wake game, oh man, that's really the straw. We're not a good team now, and it's like <laughs> Wake's ranked ahead of Utah and Ken Palm and everything else. Like you're playing good Wake's teams. Not a, Wake's not a bad team. No, they're not. They're good. not a good team. But you're they're not, not a bad. Yeah, team. Yeah, you're not excited because you right. struggled against them, but at the end of the day, you don't apologize for beating Wake. Like, you just don't. That's a solid – it's a top 50 victory. This, isn't, this isn't Wake from two or three years ago when they were terrible. terrible. Yeah, 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 they're a lot better. Danny Manning's doing a nice job. He I is. I mean, given what you have to deal with in building a program in the ACC, he's doing a good job there. I yeah. mean, they're, they're, they, they've got a good kind of demeanor about them. They play tough. they got some guards that can attack and get to the rim. And they've got a big guy that, that knows how to play. So, I mean, you know, it's not – you don't – 
jump up and down beating Wake by four points, but you beat them and right. you move on. Yeah, you know, they, that's they came in with a good game plan. They knew how to attack Xavier's defense. They did a good job early, and then Xavier adjusted in the second half to kind of pull away. All right, before we move on to UC, uh, Xavier does play Eastern Washington on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, an Eastern Washington that just played NKU on, on Sunday. You were there, so you uh, you got a chance to see them firsthand. Go ahead. How how was NKU? I get a feeling I'm gonna need to. Uh, Adjust to uh, yeah the 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 UC crowd was was getting a little scouting and I sent a picture out of NKU and the UC crowd goes oh so that's where we're gonna be huh nice <laughs> I'm not saying good. I'm not saying that's where no it's you're not be, saying but... that but Mick Cronin's brother on Twitter seemed to think so so <laughs> I still think it's a good idea I, I, I do oh, too it, it's I mean you only have two ideas right and yeah and this is the better, the better one yeah, no, so. agreed I, I would agree I'll I don't have, think it's much of a choice I'll have more on that here in the next two weeks or cool. so. Good. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. We all thought it was a good idea, and we think it is a good idea. I so. think it's possibly trending in that direction. There we go. I like it. But, and, yeah, so Xavier should win by at least 30, I would say. If, if, if they struggle to beat Eastern Washington. We're going to be back on Thursday with yeah, something to talk about. Yeah, there's, there's going to be. There. I mean, they're not awful, though. It's not like you look and they're, they're a one-in-nine swack team. No, Eastern Washington can really play offensively. They can score. They can't guard at all. And the funny thing was yesterday in the second half, NKU's defense completely shut them down. So somebody guarded? Yeah. Darn. Yeah. Well, How many points did they give up? And you know what John Brandon does? What's that? Plays fast on offense. Great. As long as you guard on the other end, I'm fine with that. They weren't playing against elite competition, Skinny. It's right. easier to guard. Right, you do. Right. Right. So it's hard to guard when no. you do play those not guys. If not, not if you're elite. Okay. Okay. All right. We're going we're gonna to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole again. We need to just freaking stop. We're, not, we're, right. we're never going to come to heads on this. I swear we're not. I don't even know what he's arguing about anymore. He's That's like, fair. if you've got elite talent and they're better than other elite talent, then guard them. going to be elite talent by play defense. That's right. Play defense. It's not hard to do. It's really not. Just ask you to play defense. Yes. Um, but you did get a chance to be. see uh, NKU yesterday, and uh, they continue to, to impress a little bit. I mean, they're just so good. Uh, the, the way they're playing right now, he isn't playing so well for what they are and the youth that they have and the inexperience that they have. Uh, Drew McDonald didn't really score yesterday. Two, two points. But they're able to just play through him offensively because he has such a high IQ, and teams sort of gravitate to him on defense. They try to bunch up and crowd him, and he's so good at passing and moving the ball and promoting that ball movement. They swing it around the perimeter, and then you've got LeVon Holland playing well. You've got Cole Murray shooting the ball well. And Carson Williams yesterday, he locked down the best player from Eastern Washington. Shut him out. The guy was averaging 22.5 points per game, really good three-point shooter, and six rebounds. And then on the other end, he out. Performs him by scoring 17 and grabbing eight or nine rebounds. Nine, yeah, nine rebounds. Just, they, they, had, they had eight guys with two or more assists yesterday, between two and four assists. You're talking about ball movement. I mean, it's, that's, that's getting a lot of touches for a lot of different It people. was tremendous. It's so fun to watch, Skinny. I mean, it's, it's, it's very similar, honestly, to what Xavier was doing last year when they were at their best. They play ball screen motion, same as Xavier, so it's running a lot of the same stuff. But they just get that where they, like, drive in the lane, swing it across the baseline into the corner, and then they get that three passes around right. the perimeter, to, one, more, wide, one more, one more, one more. a wide open look. Wide open three. And yeah. it's like, when you're moving the ball like that it does it, don't, it almost, you almost don't care like if we lose this game by 15 right. so what we got such great looks and moved the ball and played so well today i don't even care i think that's how john brand is right now it's like we're playing so well offensively i can't be mad no matter what we do yeah and they've gone from having one or two weapons to having five six guys that can score for you that's he, what happens he's when you play a great like that job recruiting there yeah. too yeah right. he's found kid like we've talked about he's found the right level of kids for his program. And again, like he said, I mean, he was trying to make Blake Spellman, their freshman point guard, a big part of their offense earlier in the year. He's out with an injury, and yet they don't skip a beat. You right. know, they lose their backup point guard. Jalen Tate was playing a lot of minutes early. He gets hurt. That doesn't doesn't matter. They slide someone else in. So they're getting great minutes out of their bench. All right, for UC, an easy win over uh, Fairley Dickinson had, what, 65 in the first half or at halftime, yeah, I believe? Four, four points off the uh, school record for a half. Holy cow. What's your takeaway from, from the 119-68 to 68 victory over the Fairley Dickinsons? They made everything they threw at the rim, and when you do that, the game looks pretty easy. I mean, Fairley Dickinson is not good. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going to take that. They're not good, especially defensively, but they did. They hung with Ohio State. Played hard. Coaches' kids. They hung with Ohio State. They hung with Rutgers. Not that either of those two are, are anything to write home about. Yeah, Ohio State's not awful, awful. But Cincinnati came out in the first half, and, and they started a little bit slow, and I think – the big thing over the last two games, Texas Southern and now Fairleigh Dickinson, is when they've put Justin Jennifer and Trey Scott in the game, there's become an instant spark, and they took off. And that's a perfect tonic off the bench. I mean, that's all you want is, is for, for the energy level to change. Yeah, and, it, and it, you know, Mick made a great point in the postgame. It, it changes because Justin Jennifer is a completely different style of player than Troy Capane. He's, he's faster, more up-tempo, push the ball. And, and Trey Scott is that – 
kind of wiry, bouncy, you know, high energy athlete that Gary Clark isn't. So you put those two in and instantly you get a little bit different vibe about the way the game is being played. And I thought they they gave a boost to the entire team. And from there, I mean they, they went on a roll and that they went on a thirty one to three spurt in that first half that was just perfection almost offensively. I think I think Mick said it perfectly after the game when he was talking about those guys. He's he's like, Yeah, I mean we are we are getting production and that's great and everything else and but when we play the next top twenty five team and they want to do that, then we'll talk like, right. kind of thing. And, that's, like, that's, and, he's, and he's like that's, that's the great. Next step. Right. He's like, that's great. Like I'm I'm happy about their improvement and everything else, but they need to do it when we play a top yeah. 25 team, and Absolutely. he's right. I mean, because these guys, I said it too, I think the offense looks better when Justin Jennifer is playing. But at the same time, when they've been in those big games, he hasn't been able to play as right. much. So that that's sort of going to be the question. Also, does Mick trust those guys as much in those big games? Will he be able to feel right. comfortable leaving them out there for an extended point, even if they have a turnover or something? You know, Is he growing that, gaining that confidence in them that, you know what, they'll be able to play through this. I can leave him out there for a few more minutes in those bigger games. I think that helps him if he can. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Marshall's next, and that's the last non-conference other than Xavier. Last before they go into conference play. Yep. Um, what, what can you make of the herd of thundering? A, a lot like Fairleigh Dickinson and, and Texas Southern, and that they're they want to run, they want to get out, and you know it's, it's Dan D'Antoni, it's yep. Mike D'Antoni's little yep. older brother. Um, he's you know. They're going to play that D'Antoni style of basketball. They're going to get they, out, they, they'll they, run. They, they never learned defense in that household. Either. They, they did not defense. They 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 spelled it defense in that house. <laughs> no, 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 no D. D. I like it. No D. I like this it. This is a. Uh, I'll drop this here on this podcast. Right. I've never dropped it anywhere else before. Do, do another Matumbo. I just got to hear one. No sex. Who wants to sex the Matumbo? Perfect. Keep going. So, oh, 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 so a couple years ago. Um, Dan D'Antoni is uh, is watching uh, some small AAU tournament the f- first weekend of July, I think, and uh, sees somebody and realizes this kid's really, really good. good, really good, Just too good for me to get. So he calls Larry Davis and Mick Cronin and says, hey, you, you guys might want to go take a look at this kid. And they do, and Mick told the kid the first time he saw him that I'm going to be at every game you play from now until you commit to Cincinnati. And here we have Jacob Evans, wow. and Marshall gets a bye game. Well, yeah, there you go. Smart. <laughs> That's a little payback. I like the payback. <laughs> a bye game in a 97-73 beatdown, probably. Probably. I mean, Marshall actually is. The, yeah, the, they're, they're ranked like 150th instead of 300th. <laughs> so. Well, Fairleigh Dickinson was ranked 300th. I'm not yeah. taking shots. I'm being honest. And how was the crowd Saturday? Um, terrible. Okay. Just checking. Just making sure. Because it, it, it's obviously been a topic. So I mean, just, it's, just, it is Marshall's. It is. Marshall's a top one hundred and fifty team, and the crowd's going to be terrible. Okay, and they're from one hundred and fifty miles away. Yes, they are. But so it's a regional team in the top one hundred and fifty. You know, that's how a lot of people in this town want to schedule. Regional and, team in the top one hundred and fifty, and they're terrible. They are. It'll yeah. be terrible. Yep. On on the bright side, it'll look a little more full at NKU next year when you put that yes, crowd it, in there. Yes, it will. Lower bowl will be filled. I'm, I'm Plus, not saying they're playing at NKU next year. Plus, it'll look it'll look good yeah. just because NKU only puts like 800 people in there. So <laughs> it'll look better. Five thousand will look better on a consistent yeah. basis. Um, do you want to touch on a couple other things? Uh, our favorite team played on Saturday, actually before the Kentucky Carolina game. I didn't game. get to see it. Um, UC played. Ohio so State. I, in, I missed it. In UCLA, Ohio State actually hung around for a bit, a little yeah. bit. It just, it just it never felt like they were actually in it though. No, but I mean, it was what it was a it was a six to eight point game for a good chunk of the second half, I and mean, it ended up being a thirteen point victory. But you, you, I mean, you're right. But they did hang around where I, I really thought that would have been a, maybe a twenty point victory, something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I just don't. I watch this Ohio State team. I don't like. I don't either. The personnel. They're not good. Yeah, they just do not. They look good enough, and Thad Modden's a good enough coach that they're going to hang around no matter who they play. I think. But they led Fairleigh Dickinson by one at the half. I just so. don't, but I don't think they're good enough to uh, to beat a lot of good teams and and maybe not even average teams. I will tell you though, I, I'm not so sure the middle part on down of the Big Ten's all that good this year. It's I would not, agree with yeah. that. I mean, what a bad day yesterday. Michigan State loses at home to Northeastern. Nebraska loses at home to Gardner Webb. I, I know that, awful. but my point is, no, I, I watched a little bit of that. that Gardner Webb kind of whipped Nebraska's ass. That's, like that's not good. No. Uh, it, so you know, maybe Ohio State hangs around the middle of that pack just because it's just not it's just not good from the middle down. Oh, they, I think they absolutely will. I think they're in that grouping. And you know what's interesting? I mean, Michigan State they're 
They're Michigan State's they lower than tournament. Ohio State, right? That's what I was just going to say. They're all in that group. They've got Northwestern, them, uh, Wisconsin is probably in that group of They're like seven and five now of teams that in the in the Big Ten that are going to be in the middle pack battling for a a, right. a, a, a seed at a, a, a large bid. So can I, can I get to my UCLA hot take now? Yes, fire away. Monzo Ball is not the best player on that team. TJ Leaf. Yeah. Yeah, he's really good. That's not a surprise. TJ Leaf is the best player on that team. But <laughs> he was good Saturday. But he's awesome. You t- but here's the thing: you take Lonzo Ball off that team and just leave TJ on it, they're not even close to being as good as they are. Vice versa. I think you that's take TJ Leaf off that team and they're not as yes. close. Well, they're they're really good still though. Lonzo not Ball really close to as good. I disagree. Lonzo, uh, makes, I love TJ Leaf. A lot of things go, man. But Lonzo Ball changes the entire dynamic of that offense because of the the way he promotes ball movement and creates plays. And, and it takes I the ball out of coach's hand, son, or coach's son's hands. That's as well. the biggest thing. Yeah, you don't have Bryce Alford running yeah. your offense. Yeah, that is I, I the will biggest agree. That's the biggest part. Yeah, but he is. No, I, I don't disagree. He is TJ Leaf. I mean, he's putting up better numbers than Kevin Love did when Kevin Love was at UCLA. Yeah, pretty good company, no doubt. Kevin Love was fat at that time. <laughs> Throw that two-hand chest pass though from the full, from full court. Never seen anything like that in my life. I mean, it, never Mitch, seen anything Mitch like McGarry that. is the only dude I've ever seen who's done that. And I never he, saw him do. It. I mean, I, I, but I we used to see him do it in AAU. It was like it, it was like he was a baby Kevin Love back crazy. then. Mitch McGarry, like honest to God, try to see how far you can throw a chest pass. Sometime Mitch McGarry used to put like English on him. Like I swear to God, he used to spin the ball. Yeah. It was Same. the wildest thing I've ever seen. The strength of that is just crazy. Oh, he would throw that. him full court on the money, like, and it looked like they were curving in over top of guys. Sometimes it looked like a like a pet, like a free kick in soccer. Where they just a little, little, yeah, yeah. Little, little. He would throw them like that, and from, they would drop in like from the opposite block. To yeah, the other the guy, block. to the guy running down the and, court. Yeah. And the yet, fly. apparently, he couldn't stop smoking weed or doing anything else long enough to develop the rest of his skill set. But that was elite. He was he was a lot of fun to watch in high school, that, man. That, yeah, that's, that's that's crazy to see guys be able to do that. I, I, I would challenge you: get a basketball, get on a court, stand on one end, and see how far you can throw a chest pass. It's, it's one of my favorite skills, like in all of sports, the the full court outlet where you like hit a guy. Well, going. some guy, well some guys can do it one hand. I mean, a lot of guys will do it one. I'm talking about guys just the, just the strength of throwing it from from the way they those two do. Doing it, period, where it's like a skill, a thing yeah. you do often is just fun to watch, no matter how you throw it. But you're right, the, the two handed chest pass is absurd. It's crazy. Uh, the other thing I want to touch on, obviously, we we were remiss on on Thursday. Really not preview it, but it wasn't much to preview other than Bob Huggins was going for his 800th win against the team. He should get his 800th win, and he got it. Um, it, it does make you it, it, think back to when Hugs came to town and what he was able to do. And, yeah. I mean, that is that is just, that, that's not only coaching a long time; that's winning a lot of games, man. UC's program was in shambles when he got no there. No question. I mean, Tony Yates, the I mean, Tony Yates era was not good. Starting a football player at your two guard, yeah. For goodness I mean, sakes, it was it was uh, it was a bad spot, and he came in. Yeah, he kind of got that you know black hat reputation for recruiting JUCO guys, but Nick Van Exel, Corey Blunt, I mean those guys changed the, the future of the program. I, there was a great piece on on uh, um, CBS couple, Sports. Gary Parish had a great piece. piece, piece was really, and, and really, really, really had a great piece too. I didn't see mine. I have to read Mike's. I'm sure it was. I, they were just. I, I thought Gary Parish's piece really nailed it of, of, of what Bob Huggins is all about. What well, yeah, Bob Huggins it, is the, the whole taking the black hat on the side. I'm going to take it and the, run with it. And the and, context and, of Parish being he's from Memphis, right? Yeah, and right. He grew up. Hey, I mean, yeah, could you imagine being a kid in Memphis in 1992 when you've got Penny Hardaway and you think and yeah. Cincinnati beats you twice in the regular season in the conference, conference tournament, tournament and, then the and then in the Elite Eight to keep you from going to the Final Four. I mean, how I, I, the hate down there for Bob Huggins is legendary. No question. And then he wrote it kind of from that angle, yeah. but uh, but how he changed over time. It was it was really a good piece. I just think one of the most interesting things to me and one of the things I've always kind of respected and liked about Huggins is Yolo. I mean, you just you just look at him, you you see who he is, you know how he acts, you you see how crazy he'll get and how mad he'll get and all this other stuff. And yet at the end of the day, Chuck, we just got guard. Ev- <laughs> Chuck, we're just not very good, Chuck. At the end of the day, he is so good. good at walking into any living room in this country and winning over a mom, a dad, and a recruit. And and then and then not only that after that kid finishes his career no matter what it is oh, the kid him. still loves Bob Huggins. I mean like he connects loyalty, to his players, players and his recruits yeah. like no other coach yeah, in the country no one you know some of the old guys I, I didn't cover UC when Hugs was here I in, yeah in the nineties guys in the nineties yeah. knowing those guys over the years now I've gotten to meet a lot of them I mean you wouldn't find a group of people in the country more loyal to anyone and it's funny because Huggins players are to him if you see it from afar you see the lunatic on the sideline his head 
heads about to blow yeah. off, it, yelling at guys um, uh, for various and sundry things. And you're right, the, the loyalty when, when they are done back to him and vice versa is really deep. I mean, I'm sure there's a case out there, and you can correct there me. Always think is. of it, but like I'm sure there's someone who left and hated him. But I honestly I can't think of one. one story I've heard where someone was like, I couldn't stand that guy. You no, know, the only person that I that I think that I've heard, and I and I don't think he can't stand him. Mm-hmm. I just think there were some. Um, personality conflicts and this guy wasn't the type that liked to be yelled at and it kind of annoyed him um danny fortson i think there was uh i think there was still a ton of like mutual respect and danny loved bob Mm -hmm. but i think danny's personality just didn't really mesh with the way that bob did things so i think there was kind of not standoffish but i think there was a little you know friction there um but that's the only one i know that there's even like one speck and I think that was just two different types of personalities. And I still think Danny Fordson would run through a wall for Bob Huggins. I just think there was a little bit of, you know, difference there when Danny was here. He's at 800 wins. I, I mean, how much longer do you think he coaches? I mean, Until he, his heart he, stops. I was going to say, say as long wondering. as he Honestly, lives. That's what I, I, I think so, too. I mean, I really I don't think do. he knows how to do anything. I don't, I, mean, I don't either. His drink. Health, his health. But no, honestly, his downtime is it, it is. It's drinking. Yeah, his health will drinking fail him well before he, he needs to retire. I don't. Deserve, I'm. I really, truly, from from the point of his heart attack when he lost all that weight, um, went to just sipping red, red wine in quotation marks. Sipping after Red Redford or Woodford. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah correct. <laughs> um, to where he's gotten back to today, I, I couldn't tell you that. It, 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 to see him still standing shocks me. It really and truly does. Knowing mm-hmm. how massive that heart attack was, and and knowing how much he pushes himself still to this day. Wasn't the it? candle on one end and the candle on the other end. But it it's staggering. I don't know, but I just I'd just like to see him slim down enough so he can get out of the maternity clothes on the recruiting circuit when we get into the hot summer months. You know oh my man. you know my get favorite story the elastic the, jeans. You know my favorite story from the summertime, right? What's that? Well, it wasn't even the summer. It was, it was the fall. I had just gotten back from Pittsburgh and was down at Paul Brown Stadium working all day on a Monday. Decided I'm going to grab a six pack on the way home. Stop into a little liquor store in Northern Kentucky. All of a sudden, this hulking figure comes in. I look up, said hugs. He looked at me. He goes. Skinny goes, what are you doing here? I said, no, the better question is, what are you doing here? <laughs> said he was driving around on, on his recruiting circuit. There he came with three bottles of white wine and a bottle of Woodford. Just said goodbye, said goodbye, and off he went. Yeah. Huggins coming home to make his annual trip that to was, uh, that was just and, Yeah, that was just okay. to drive to date. <laughs> exactly. That was the road pops. <laughs> Three bottles of wine and a bottle of Woodford. And a bottle of Woodford. I'm going to be in the car for about the next 45 minutes. Exactly. Get something to drink. Just the most bizarre, bizarre <laughs> meeting I've seen in a long time. All right, uh, final take from you, Chad Brendel. Well, it's going to happen tonight, I think, Rick. The, uh, the, the cherry on the uh, icing of this 2016 incredible freshman class is supposed to make his debut tonight. Oh, that's right. Tonight is the 19th. Harry Giles is supposed to to play for Duke. And I I think it has has played out even – there was so much hype coming in of how incredible this freshman class was that it was going to be almost impossible to live up to it. And it has not only lived up to it, it has exceeded – the hype with another piece to come with another piece just now getting into the mix like the, the kid at North Carolina the big kid Tony Bradley who thought he was going to be as good as he is i mean when you look around the country there are freshmen everywhere scattered through the top 30 or 40 in this freshman class that are just rolling and having big time seasons and this group was so much fun to watch on the AAU circuit because they got after it I mean the the EYBL the past couple years with this group has been fantastic and there's been must watch game after must watch game after must watch game and I, I think it gets them ready for this stage that they're on now and it has been awesome to see and I, I, I'm hoping for nothing but the best for Harry tonight because that is a great kid Harry Giles story small one going to a gas station um, to get a couple pops really at the peach jam shocked at that yeah and um, standing in line there's like one person working there's a line of like 10 people and it's the night before the championship the semifinals and the finals are on the same day it's the night before right. that and uh, standing in line and look behind me, and there's Harry Giles. And he had just played a really good game in the quarterfinals to advance. Did you get a picture with him? No. Okay. No. Just picture. But, you know, just standing there. We're going to be there for like seven, eight minutes. The line's incredibly long. And I'm just like, hey, man, good game earlier, whatever, you know. Just 
struck up a conversation with the kid for like 10 minutes and, you know, nicest, polite. Nice. Didn't, didn't give you like the quick two, two no. answers and then we back were, at his phone? No, we were actually like talking nice. ball. Like he, nice. he asked what other games I had watched and if I had seen the team that they were going to play in the semifinals. And, I mean, like just talking basketball for like 10 minutes. Because that's usually what you get is, you yeah. Know, no, I'm starting to look at my phone. Well, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, we were just standing there. Right, right, I was like, hey, good right, game, man. Right, nice. You know, and, nice. and had a great conversation with him. He's a, he's a sharp kid. We were... Um, were Atlanta this year? Were you with me? I don't know what you're talking about, so tell me. At EYBL, when he and uh, he and Jason Tatum, when he and Jason Tatum showed up. I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember if you were with I, me on that trip or not. I don't I, think you were, actually. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't remember yesterday. <laughs> I don't even know what he's talking he about. Beers at the vault. <laughs> but you would see everybody would come around, and, and the younger kids, because he was the number one player in the class, would gravitate gravitate to him, yeah. and he just interact with them. Just a, a great personality, a great kid. And uh, I'm not really much of a Duke guy, but I, I do like Harry Giles a lot, and, and yeah. hope, hope this goes well for him. And he's got a couple games to get ready for ACC play, because got uh, it's Tennessee he's State, really and good, then man. And Elon, I think. When he's at 100%, he's really, really good. Do you get a chance to see him? I think it's on ESPN2 ESPN tonight, so there you go. Rick, your final take. Yeah, he's, he's He's higher on Harry than I am. I, I mean, obviously, he's really talented. I'm, a, I'm anxious to see like what type of difference he makes. I, I think he could use a, a little bit more polish on the offensive end. But uh, for me, I don't, I don't want to bring this up. Like, I don't want this to sound like taking shots. I'm genuinely, I want your opinion on where things stand with this. I've been looking at just some of the early tournament stuff and, and talking about seeding and things, and it's too early to worry about who's getting right. at large bids and stuff like that. But you start to formulate the tiers in your conference. Like, okay, these yeah. teams are in. They're playing for their seed line. Yeah, right. These teams are going to be needed to battle and build a resume to even get a at-large bid, whatever. Where does the American Athletic Conference sit right now in terms of how many bids they're going to get? Because you start looking through, and it's like, okay, UC's a tournament team. After that, there, you got a lot of teams that are going to have to play their way in. Who's a tournament team? Like, is this is it possible that they are now in a one bid conference? I think it's not going to be a one bid. I mean, they'll they'll find a way as the schedule plays out to at least get two and probably three teams in. But but like, who who are they? Because like right now, it can, well, be, Mem- can be Cincinnati Memphis, and SMU. Memphis helped itself and the league a little bit on Saturday by beating Memphis, Oklahoma. Memphis did. Um, Temple has a weird resume because they've got you know they've got that win over West Virginia they've got another top twenty five win um, they're both neutral site wins they've also they've lost also at home had, to they've New had, Hampshire yeah they've had bad losses at home so and they've lost how much to how much to those now they are, lost to George Washington again, at home we we talk about it and you laugh at it all the time it is fluid but they're twenty fifth in the RPI today. So you're getting, they played a tough schedule, but, of course. But hear me out. But but you're you're now getting close to being in a conference play, so it'll go down some. Well, here's, they've at least they they give you a shot to go. Okay, but they played out of league, set up some other teams if, if they can beat them. So, here's, here's the interesting part, Rick. The problem is there's just not a lot else. In, you're right. There's not a lot and else in the league. We've got Justin Berg does a great job doing an article every week about where the American teams are. Um, in terms of getting at large bids uh, that, that I put up last night on Bearcat Journal, so you can go check that out for more perspective on this. But you know what's going to get teams into the tournament from this league? Beating Cincinnati. Now, how many times? You know, if Cincinnati rolls through this league sixteen and two. It might only be a two bid league. Yeah, yeah. Because if they if they don't give up those you know couple wins to Memphis or or Temple or SMU. You know, then those teams aren't going to have – they're not going to get resume wins against each other because they're all going to be battling for that very back end of the bubble. Cincinnati's – you know, you're not going to ha- – you don't have where you can get jump up and get UConn or you can jump up and get Cincinnati or SMU the past couple of years right. get you a quality win. So it, it really – how many teams get in? That's a great question. It's going to depend on it could be a one how dominant Cincinnati is in this league. If they're average, if they're 14 or if there's four, another 13 team, and 5. Or another team that, that, that maybe their only two losses are to Cincinnati, they roll the rest of the league. I mean, yeah, to, to get but I'm just win. saying if, if yeah. Cincinnati doesn't give out a lot of help, you're at, it's, the league's going to be in trouble because they didn't – they didn't do enough, and uh, you know, you look at, you want to think maybe UCF um, was playing better, but then yeah. they they barely beat Miami of Ohio yesterday, yeah. and that's I mean, their point guard BJ Tyson is out, yeah, but that's, still, that's you, not a tournament team. That's not a tournament team. No. And Houston's two losses to LSU and, and Arkansas, and that was the only two games they scheduled I mean, that the were worth of, a shit. Yeah, yeah, the other the other nine games were horrible. Yeah. So you, you think some of UC's schedule's bad? Go look at theirs. It's right. awful. And and uh, you know it's. 
It, it was not a good November and December for the American at all. Now, Memphis at least gave you a little help with the Oklahoma. Yeah, win. and a it was a, a good comeback win. And Memphis as a team, if you go back to the beginning of the season when I talked about this, I right. thought they were a team that once they got going was going to be, you know, in that in that bubble mixed. Uh, Tubby doesn't miss a whole lot of NCAA tournaments, and he's got the best player in the league. Right, but, uh, I mean, he's also taken a loss to Monmouth at home already. That's true. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know that Memphis is, like, screaming. They're oh, not man, locked, they're, no. But I think SMU's the most impressive team after you see in terms of, like, res- they don't have any glaring marks on their resume yeah. that says, oh, that screwed them. Now, they don't have a strong resume. I they just lost the only yeah. good games on the road they've played. But I just don't know that they're going to be – you know, fourteen and four in conference, thirteen and five in conference. Yeah, but if they can't do it, I don't, I don't know who else can. I, I, I agree. Like right. I said, it's going to be a matter of who. Can Someone's going to have to win games in that conference. A, it can't a, be just UC. That's so. a fact. <laughs> well, unless you, you got see though, you've got unless five. you got you got UC goes sixteen and two. Somebody goes two and sixteen, and everybody else goes eight or nine and nine. Yeah, I mean, but you, what you've got in the middle is you've got a lot of teams that Go are really same, similar. No doubt, no I mean, doubt, and that's not going to help. No. Now you know I will I will say there is the Brian Snow rule. That Brian Snow talks about every year, and that is that by by mandate there are sixty eight teams that have to make it, and some of those teams aren't going to be very good. So maybe the American can sneak a couple in those spots. Maybe, maybe, but uh, but it, it won't be very many. That's no, for sure. That's no, for sure. it's 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 amazing because when this league was started, it was a basketball league, right. and the football was supposed to be a pile of crap. And now when you look at this league, the football is actually pretty, pretty strong. Yeah. And the basketball is, is not good yeah. right now. It is not a good brand of basketball right at this that? point. I don't know. I mean, I guess a lot of it you could say these these schools were focused. All of these schools were focused on, on getting football, out. getting out, yeah. moving up, building up football as much as humanly possible. But well, they've... That being said, what's what's the deal with last week, the the whole rumors of Wichita State putting it out, leaking out there that they're trying, trying to get involved? To get the what, what were your thoughts on that? And what's I, I the move it, there? Yes, please. Yeah, I mean, but, but what's the move? you got to add two, right? I mean, No, they're at 11. Oh, so they just add Wichita? Yeah, what it is is they're at 12, but Navy is a football, football only. only. That's right. So they're at 11 in basketball. They could add Wichita State and just add Wichita State. Now, that said, I would add and Wichita, three. Wichita used to have football years. I don't think they have football anymore, do they? No, yeah. no. Yeah. So. What, what's the incentive there for Wichita State? Is there more TV money in this conference? Yeah, there's a lot more TV money in the American than there is for the Valley. I'll be honest with you. I, I used to be able to find the Valley years ago. It used to be on one of the Foxes. It's uh, not on much anymore. I would say, I, hardly, I can't find the Valley much anymore. Okay. So maybe, yeah, maybe that's it. Because they're part of, they, they got CBS Sports Network and yeah. some ESPN family. Who? The A's. Well, it's all ESPN, and then CBS Sports buys Some a portion from ESPN. Yeah, but, but they're on. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But yeah. they're on those two. They're on those, those two. Yeah. yeah. And I honestly, I wish I could. I think the Valley might be on CBS Sports Network some, but I I don't find them very often. No. So maybe yeah, maybe that is it. Maybe so I mean, fun. they would just have they would be adding one school, and I, I, hell, I would go to 14. Honestly, I'd add them, VCU, and and one other, you know, Dayton or or somebody else. That are basketball only. That are basketball only. Yeah. 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 There we go. All right. Anything else? That's it. All right. Go find somebody to teach to guard. Okay. You do that for me today. I will uh, go shoot a bunch of thirty footers in your honor. Oh my gosh! You'll go one for twenty-five. All right. Have a great week. We'll, we'll be back on Thursday with a little more civility behind us. I think we'll maybe, see. Maybe I'll have a voice. And maybe you'll have a voice. I me, toughed it out. That was a gamer today. Give me one more matumbo. Who wants to sex the matumbo? Perfect. That's a great way to end. Have a great week. We'll see you on uh, Thursday. Ooh.